Welcome to Throne of Chaos. We are your hosts, Kelsey and Autumn, and today we are discussing chapters 34 and 35 of Throne of Glass. As a disclaimer, we do not represent Sarah J. Mass or Bloomsbury Publishing. All thoughts and opinions in this episode are our own. To recap last week's episode, Elena visited Selena again, reminding her that she must win the competition, and she gave her some extremely vague advice of look to your right. The next day is another test. This one is identifying poisons, and Selena wins with the help of Paler, who is on her right. She and Nehemia visited the kennels and found Dorian playing with the new puppies, and she begs him not to kill the one with the foul disposition, and he promises not to. Selena has a very weird encounter with Kane, and then the Duke checks up on Caltaine after she missed supper, and we learn she's been smoking her opium pipe, and he goads her with talk of Lillian and the prince, and she decides she needs to do what is ever necessary to get rid of her. Then the chapter ends with Nehemia coming to Selena completely devastated with the news of 500 Ilway rebels butchered by Ottolanian soldiers, and Selena comforts her and holds her while she weeps. So chapter 34, Selena is in her room. Nehemia left a long time ago to return to her own rooms when Selena started cramping. Her weight gain over the past three and a half months had allowed for her monthly cycles to return after near starvation in Endovir had made them vanish. She wonders how she's going to train like this. The duel was only four weeks away. Philippa makes her some tea and low enough that no one can hear says it's a pity what happened to the Elway rebels. She is glad Nehemia has a good friend like Selena. Kel enters her rooms wondering if she was sick. She says she is indisposed and he asks if it's because what happened to the rebels. He says it makes him sick too. After seeing Endovir, he trailed off 500 people, he whispered. She was stunned at what he was admitting. He explains that he knows there are rumors about Nehemia's connection to the rebels, but he'd like to think that if his country was conquered, he would stop at nothing to win back his people's freedom too. Oblivious to her deep agony, he continues, I might have been wrong. It's just that I take great pride in my job and you're Otterland's assassin, but I was wondering if if you wanted to kill, she warned as she vomited, to on the floor okay this was green flags for kale right here he has finally been awoken the veil has came off his eyes and he's finally admitting that there's things wrong with his kingdom there's things wrong with the king he's actually almost about to admit it he didn't outright say what was awful but he was getting there he was i won I did actually mark this as a green flag yeah, <laughs> for Kale in my book. So it, it has a green flag just for him. And then the next page, he immediately gets a red flag. So <laughs> we're not talking about that next note. Um, what I, do we... Oh, sorry. What you pointed out. Yeah. Yeah. What do we think he was going to ask her? Why did you have to point that out to me? Because <laughs> my brain didn't yeah, worry about that part of it. it. Mm-hmm. I just, my brain skipped that bit that he was actually about to ask her a question. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like... What was he about? Was he about he to ask her out? Was he going to ask her to the Yomis ball? Was he going to yeah, ask was... her literally anything? He's wondering about something. He's he's stuttering it out. And yeah. then she vomits on the floor. Yeah. Ruins the moment. Yeah. So, now I'm like, will we ever know? I'm not sure. I would also like to point out that this is the first and one of the very few times he speaks out against the king. Mm-hmm. 
That is the first time he's ever said anything against the king. It just makes you wonder because he points out later when he talks about Selena. Uh, they saw firsthand what happened in Endovier, and that kind of started changing their mind. Nehemia, who is from Ilway, is in the castle with them. And it just, the king, this isn't something new that the king and his soldiers and stuff have done. Like, they've been doing terrible things for 10 years since they've conquered Terrison. So, I think they still would have thought it was awful, but it just wouldn't have hit as close to home if they didn't actually have dogs in the fight like they do now. They could just kind of tune it's, it out and pretend it wasn't happening. Yes, it shows growth and getting a wider worldview than he's previously had access to. Right. Kale jumped back to calling for a servant, and helped her into bed. She says she is not ill like that, so he asked her in what way. Embarrassed, she explains that her monthly cycles finally came back. He stepped away, his face red, saying he will take his leave, and practically running out of the room, tripping slightly at the doorway. And red flags are back, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Did not know how to react to that. Like He had the shortest green flag moment in the history of green flags literally ruined it in and then he like two minutes plummeted mm-hmm. to the bottom of the barrel of like expectations yeah. from a male he was more concerned with her being sick like yeah he didn't like the vomiting at all but as soon as he found out oh you're not actually sick you're on your period and he was like i'm out nope 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 no nope. deal with women problems like, he's totally not the kind that goes to the store and buys tampons for her. No. He would <laughs> he would freak out. He would be like, absolutely not. People can't see me with tampons. Like, everybody knows yeah. they're not for you, right. obviously. <laughs> like, they know they're for someone else. Yeah. Yeah. And other women would be like, thank you for mm-hmm. doing that. Like, mm-hmm. commending you. But on the point of tampons, Kale, be like Lorcan. Cut up your shirt for her, period. Not run away from her. Yeah. He's the oldest human male Mm -hmm. of the main cast of characters. Yeah. And yet he acts like a prepubescent boy when it comes to a woman's period. Yeah. Yeah, that was not good for you, sir. It's a part of life. It's biology. Yeah. A little while later, her door opened. Dorian entered laughing and said he intercepted Kale and was informed of her condition. You think a man in his position wouldn't be so squeamish, especially after examining all those corpses. Selena says that she is in a state of absolute agony and can't be bothered. He tries to get her to play cards with him. She refuses, telling him to leave. He then tries to read to her, and it ends with her throwing a book at his head. Her eyes widen, realizing this could be constructed as trying to hurt the crown prince he waves her off saying he hopes otterland's assassin would choose to attack him in a more dignified manner he picks up one of her books sunset's passion and reads a random page out loud he is shocked at the contents and she teases him saying he can borrow it when she's done he refuses at first but when she says that Kel did as well, Dorian snatched it back, saying he will not have her matching them against each other. They fell into comfortable silence, and she felt him watching her. Not in a cautious way that Kel sometimes did, but rather just because he enjoyed watching her. And she enjoyed watching him, too. And I said, if you look up Dorian's supremacy in the dictionary, 
is this. This will be the description. This <laughs> whole section, honestly, this whole chapter, he thought it was hilarious. He comes to to give Selena some company, even though she yeah. meet him and refuse and she doesn't want to see him. He was like, okay, well, let's play cards. Well, let me read to you. Well, let me do this. And, and I just love him so much. Yes. This is one of my favorite Dorian scenes. This man over here is like, wow, you would think the captain of the guard would be like more of a man and be able to handle a period, mm-hmm. but apparently not. Yeah. So this is why Dorian is my king. Yeah. Also, I love that she got Dorian to read a romance book by being yeah. like, oh yeah, the Kale did this. Kale refused to read it either. He was like, I am not like Kale. <laughs> I will read the book. <laughs> and like, he may be my best friend, but we are we not are different. Same. Yeah. I love that she's reading smut though. It's hilarious. <laughs> And he would turn it to like the worst page in the middle of it. And he's like, and be like, Stop. what is this? <laughs> like, and then he does, he takes it as a challenge and takes it with him. <laughs> I love <Yes>. them. <laughs> I love Dorian so much. I just can't. I love him so much. He's just one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. of any book series that I've mm-hmm. read. He gets it. He, he gets women. He knows exactly what they want. He knows exactly, but not in like a manipulative way, but yeah, but yeah, he, we see you. We see you. We see you, Dorian. So the chapter then switches to Dorian's POV. He didn't realize he had been transfixed by her until she sat up straight and demanded to know what he was staring at. You're beautiful, he said, before he could think. She tells him not to be stupid and he wonders if he offended her. He couldn't deny that he was aching to learn what her lips felt like, what her bare skin smelled like, how she'd react to the touch of his fingers along her body. The week surrounding Yulemis was a time of relaxation, a time to celebrate the carnal pleasures that kept one warm on a winter's night. He looked forward to it every year, but now, now he had a sinking feeling in his stomach. He wonders how he can celebrate with the news of what his father's soldiers had done. How could he ever look Nehemia in the face again? And how could he someday rule a country whose soldiers had been trained to have so little compassion for human life? His mouth went dry thinking about how Selena was from Terrison, another conquered country, his father's first conquest. She had three giant scars on her back to forever remind her of her father's brutality. She asked him what's the matter. He took a deep breath and walked to the window, unable to look at her. He says she must hate him and his court for their frivolity and mindlessness when so many horrible things were going on outside the city. He heard about the butchered rebels, and he is ashamed. I know you'll never tell me, but I know something terrible happened to you when you were young. Something, perhaps, of my father's doing. You have every right to hate Otterland for seizing control of Terrison, as it did, for taking all the countries. His eyes were singing. You won't believe me, but I don't want to be a part of that. I can't call myself a man when I allow my father to to encourage such unforgivable atrocities. Even if he tried to do something, his father wouldn't listen to him. Even in this competition, he had no choice but to choose to sponsor a champion. So he chose Otterland's assassin to annoy his father. The only choice he had. Life shouldn't be like this, and the world shouldn't be like this. I love that we get to see Dorian's growth so early on we get to see his struggles with like his life as a prince and feeling like mm-hmm. wanting to be able to do something and feeling like he should have the power to do something but he he doesn't 
have any power at all. Mm -hmm. He's helpless to do anything. Yes. Mm -hmm. Like, he's just there at the mercy and will of his father. Mm -hmm. And, like, he can see what his father is doing is wrong, but he's trapped. And it really does affect him. I mean, like Nehemia, like Selena, you would just figure he's a spoiled prince. He's Mm -hmm. just up in his castle can do whatever he wants, but he is affected by what his father does. He hates his father. He hates what his father does. He does have a sense of what's moral, what's right, and he doesn't want to lead his kingdom when he eventually rules or when he thinks he does the way his father did. Selena tells him that she doesn't hate him. She doesn't think he is like them, and she is sorry if she hurt him with her joking. He says she only made things more interesting. If only you could come to the Yulmas Ball with me. Be grateful you can't attend. That instantly got her attention, and she wonders what it is and why she can't attend. He tells her it's nothing special, just a mass ball, and she knows why she can't come. She says he and Kale delight in ruining any fun she may have. The clock chimed midnight, and Dorian says he should go. Without thinking, he leaned down and kissed her on the cheek. Pulling away was surprisingly hard. Rest well, Selena, he said. Good night, Dorian. That really was mean to tell her about this masked ball and then be like, but you're sorry you can't come. Like, yeah. <laughs> mean. And also the discussion of the ball makes me think back to in the past, but like, I didn't read that book first. Assassin's Blade, when she's at that party ball, whatever mm-hmm. it was, where Dorian and Selena dance together. And then we have the whole Sam getting jealous scene and then so yeah so she's already been to a ball with them just none of them realized none of them realized it no which i'm surprised that she doesn't like recognize i have to go back to that scene because i don't think they were masked at that ball i think they were they were something something was my mind that dorian was for sure because no one at that party knew it was the prince i don't think like him and him and kale had snuck out or something yeah yeah, there was something going on. And then the chapter skips back to Selena's point of view. Staring at the moonlight streaming across the ceiling, she thought about the mass ball. It sounded dreadfully romantic, but of course she wasn't allowed to go. She wondered what Kale wanted to ask her before she vomited. Surely he wasn't going to invite her to the ball. Besides, they had more important things to worry about, like whoever was killing the champions. As the clock marked the passing hours, she kept her vigil, wondering what truly lurked in the castle and was unable to stop thinking about the dead Ilway rebels, buried in some unmarked grave. I feel like the kill question is going to haunt me for at least a week. <laughs> I need to like know. at least a week, I'm going to be like, what the heck? Like, just put it on the list. What yeah. did Lorcan do? <laughs> what did Reese see when he was high on Bloodbane? And what was Kale going to ask her? <laughs> just add it to the list of questions where we're all like, what Lorcan did was number one on the yeah. list, I think, at the, at the current moment. Yeah. With all the people reading As talk the most, for the first time. Yeah. It's the most juicy we want to know. <laughs> I feel bad for the people who didn't realize that it was YA. hmm And so. But it's just interesting because it's very interesting she gives a lot do, more stuff but that's not with other of people yeah and then yeah we get to that one and it's just like because in that same po- well i guess it's in um empire of storms but the whole 
Manon Dorian situation. Yeah, that was get, like, <laughs> what is that? And then, what is and that? And Rowan, and then it's like Dorkin fade to black. <laughs> We're like, like, yeah, if you're going what? into this after Akatar, definitely after, after Crescent CC, City, you'd be like, just like, wait, wait a second. I'm, I'm like, have, a, I don't know. Which, I just feel like if there's more coming out, there's gonna be a bonus scene, and that's what it's gonna be. And she, yeah. she knows, she knows, she knows. People are writing about that currently. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not really writing about that, but I do think it's funny because it, it is funny. It's like, yeah, everything else is so different. Which I mean, Throne of Glass in itself is way more fantasy. Yeah, yeah, it's based more romance space. Yeah. Whereas Akatar, I think, is more romance for sure. Over like yeah, romanticy versus fantasy, fantasy romance. Romance, like yeah, for sure. Yeah, some people are so divided over both. Of like, I like this one. I'm like, I like both I of them. All. For I love them all. Yeah, I. There's I, no debate here. <laughs> yeah, I love all the series. So like, I'm not mad at. They're any different of them. for what they are. Yes. Yeah, and I love them all differently. It's like yeah. you can't pick a favorite child. Every child's different, and you love yeah. them for different things. As a book, Akamap is my favorite. As a series, series Throne of Glass is my favorite. Sorry, Cece. You're not done yet. <laughs> you know, there's only two of you so far. And all of them are, like, four or five stars across the board. So oh, when yeah. I say They're all, like one them more all. than the other, but, like, Akamap, yeah. like, crush me, mind, body, and soul. Yeah. I'm a Reese girly, so, yeah. <laughs> Queen of Shadows is very, very yeah. close. True. I love Queen of Shadows so much and I can't wait. In four years, when we finally get to Queen of Shadows, <laughs> I'm so ready. Yes. So diving into chapter 25, we start in Kale's point of view. He wrestled with his thoughts on the balcony as he looked down on Dorian and Selena walking through the courtyard. Each day, he felt the barriers melting. She was a criminal, a prodigy at killing, queen of the underworld. But she was also a girl sent at 17 to Endovier. It made him sick to think about. He thought about what he and Dorian were doing at 17. She had been sent to a death camp and survived. He wasn't sure he could have survived. He had never been whipped, never seen someone die, never been cold and starving. Slana laughed at something Dorian said. She had survived in Dovier and yet could still laugh. It was terrifying to see her down there with Dorian, but what terrified him more was that he trusted her. He didn't know what that meant about himself. At least he is a little self-aware that Selene is a badass and tougher than him, but he still doesn't admit that he couldn't do it. But he's like, I don't even know if I would have survived that. Like, dude, I don't think you would have. You wouldn't have. (laughs) You wouldn't have made it. There's a very short list of people who made it. Yeah. And you weren't on it. Yes. But at least he's he's getting a little more self-awareness there. We can give him that a little bit. And I, I gave Kel, if my annotating, I gave Kel props for like truly thinking about what Selena at 17 had already been through and mm-hmm. then comparing it to what him and Dorian were at at 17 and what they had been through and being like, wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it does put it in perspective. If you think of what you're doing at 17 and you're like, that's what they did. At 17, I was a nerd at home reading the book. <laughs> At, at, 30 years and, old, nerd <laughs> at 30 years old, I'm a nerd at home reading a book. Not much has changed, people. <laughs> we like consistency. <laughs> With a mom who's always like, why don't you go out and do something? Like, my social battery is very yeah. small. 
I have too much people time. I'm like, I need to go sit in a corner with people no peoples and mm-hmm. read. I need fictional um, people, not real peoples. So into Selena's point of view, shortly after supper, Dorian appeared in her room asking to go on a walk. She had invited Nehemia, but since the news of the rebels, she had mostly stayed in her rooms. It had been three weeks since her last encounter with Elena, and three more tests had passed. Her favorite had been an obstacle course, but unfortunately, Paler hadn't done so well and was sent home. He was lucky, though. Three other champions had died, all found in forgotten hallways and mutilated beyond recognition. They were now down to six. Her, Kane, Grave, Knox, a soldier, and Renault, who had replaced Varen as Kane's right-hand man. And at least Paler got to leave, and he didn't die. <laughs> Where he returned to, though, I guess we'll never know. He's hanging out with Vaughn. Yeah. <laughs> hey, when we were writing somewhere, when we were writing the notes, I was like, "He's just hanging out with Vaughn." I spent five minutes laughing, and Giggling. I was like, "That's going in there." <laughs> like nobody else may think my joke's funny, but I thought last <laughs> night that it was freaking hilarious because, like, we see Vaughn in Air of Fire. We He's see gone. mentions of Vaughn in Air of Fire. We see mentions of Vaughn looking for Rowan and Aelin in Queen of Shadows. And then mm-hmm. we never see Vaughn again. And then at the very end of Kingdom of Ash, they mention Vaughn. I'm mm-hmm. like, I it's love not- you, Sarah. But you forgot that you wrote Vaughn as a right. character. It can't you just be forgot like- him. There's got to be a reason. And I'm just going to convince myself of that. Because it's like, they could have just took him out <laughs> altogether. Like, if they thought he was going to end up having a role and then they he didn't, they could have just been like, you know what, let's just nix him. It's just lurking off. Fenry's Gavril, they're the ones going off looking for mm-hmm. for them. So, yeah. So, I'm like, or they're off looking for Lorcan. But, yeah. 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 They could have just took him all out. But, no, they left him in. Then they made a joke in the end. And then, suspiciously, there's someone in Crescent City. Name the hawk. That's Name what I was hawk. about to go to. And I'm like... Either the hawk is Vaughn, and yeah. we've just convinced ourselves of that is canon. Yeah, because we literally never see no the hawk in any Crescent City no. book. But he's mentioned five million times. Mm-hmm. That's, see, that's suspicious. I'm like suspicious. And Vaughn is mentioned absolutely like four times total in the whole book series, but she dropped it at the very end of yeah. Kingdom of Ash. So now we're like. You could have just made us like I forgot Vaughn was a character yeah. until she mentioned him at the kingdom in the Kingdom of Ash, and at that point I was like, "Oh, well, where is he?" Yeah, now like, I need to know. I'd never heard anything about him again, and my brain would have been like, would have mm-hmm. just left him off. And in yeah. a reread, I'd been like, "Oh yeah, what happened to that guy?" <laughs> and it had been fine, but because you snuck it at the end of Kingdom of Ash when you finished the series, yeah, it haunts me. So he's either in the other world, and if he's in the other world, my money's on Hawk mm-hmm. for the simple reason that the man's mentioned 5,000 times with not a single appearance. Or he just felt the blood. But she didn't break it. When yeah. she died. Well, true. <laughs> when she died, he felt her die and the blood ended and he was like, he's out. He's out. Never <laughs> have to go there again. <laughs> I seen what I need to see. And I'm gone. <laughs> like 500 years of service was enough. I'm going to go find other bird friends. <laughs> okay. An icy wind blew back her hood and she found Dorian staring at her throat. You always wear that necklace. Is it another gift? He glanced at her hand where the amethyst ring always sat. The spark in his eyes dying. No, she said. 
I found it in a jewelry box and liked the look of it, you insufferable territorial man. He tells her it's very old-looking. She knows it won't protect her from a murderer. And Elena had her own agenda that she was being cagey about. But Selena wouldn't take it off. He continued to study it, saying when he was a small boy, he read tales about the dawn of Otterland. Gavin was his hero. He read every legend regarding the war with Erewhon. Trying to look innocently interested, Selena asked Anne. Dorian said that Elena, the first queen of Otterland, had a magical amulet. In the battle with the Dark Lord, Gavin and Elena found themselves defenseless against him. He was about to kill her when a spirit appeared and gave her the necklace. When she put it on, Erwin couldn't harm her. She saw him for what he was and called him by his true name. It surprised him so much that he became distracted and Gavin slew him. They called her necklace the Eye of Elena. It's been lost for centuries. Elena and Gavin really effed things up. And yes. I'm not going to get over that. And then they yes. lied to the whole world about it. And now it's come back to haunt them. Okay, just had to, to say that. Second of all, who gave Elena the amulet? Mm -hmm. What spirit appeared and gave her this amulet? have questions about the amulet. <gasps> These mysteries. This episode this is haunts, just full of mysteries. It haunts me. I need a prequel book. Mm -hmm. I need a prequel book of what was going on during this time. I need Brandon and Mala's story because how the heck do you become a goddess and meet a random fae and be like, yep, I'm just going to give up my goddessness to be yeah. a fae to live with this man. And yeah, then what when was I the die, goddess? I go back. Like, I just need to know. I need to know how many children they have because there's no way Elena's their only child. No. Can't be. The because she was allowed to, like, yeah, had to go somewhere. Yeah. I'm with you. What spirit gave her this necklace? Where did this spirit come from? But it's also like, we don't know if it's is even a little bit true because we know a lot of this that he's saying isn't true or it's what they think happened. So It's what that was written for history. Right. So now it's like, well, how did she actually get, get it? You know, yeah. the rest like of what was... he's saying is wrong. So why do we believe that a spirit gave it to her? And if they didn't, then how did she actually get it? And then... Is Erewhon Erewhon's real name? Yes. Or that too stood out because it said that she called him by his actual name and yes. he was so shocked. So like, who was he masquerading as at this time? Yes. Was it kind of the same situation or is his name something else? It's too much for my brain. There's and too many questions. And these things aren't answered. It's not like we can like read about it six books yeah. later it's like these are the little this, things that aren't answered yeah they're just there they're mm -hmm. just there and we're just like i we need didn't Sarah's forget i need sarah. sarah we did not forget i need sarah's phone number to be like <laughs> sarah <clears throat> on page 266 <laughs> you said a spirit came and gave elena the necklace what spirit mm -hmm. and then you say they called Erwan by his true name. Is Erwan his true name? Or did they just write Erwan as a name that he mm -hmm. goes by? And we still don't know this man's true name. Yeah. And if Erwan is his true name, then what name was he going by previously? And then we have to throw in the whole thing that why did Erwan stop in Aurelia? Because we know they were looking for Maeve. Mm -hmm. That was a big purpose of it. Right. Because she ran away. But they didn't recognize Maeve. So, like, so why like, not move on to another world? Yeah. Like why did what they was want it? this world so much and want to yes. conquer? And he still now has, like, a vendetta against the whole world. 
exactly to come back to kind of like this world instead of trying to get back to your brothers back to your home world or go to another world to find Maeve who you were looking for mm-hmm. kind of like Regulus 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 however you want to say his name creepy guy from the Asteri mm-hmm. head honcho of that why does he want to go to back to Prithian mm-hmm. why isn't he trying to get to hell like are Where there Apollyon who killed his sister is mm-hmm. like are there egos that fragile that because they were slighted they want to get back at those people that slighted them it's like all those people are dead yeah so you can't really get revenge on them so like what what is it about the planet that Aurelia is on what is it about the planet that Prithian is on and I just can't wait to know what those planets are called <laughs> yeah. that's at least coming we have to know that I mean, SJM did say that the next book is just like reveal after reveal after reveal after and reveal. I give it, so give it, somebody give it all. Give it all is to gonna me have to do a wellness check on me after that book, because Lord knows I'm gonna need like I'm gonna be have business days to process and then reread it. I'm literally going to be taking off work. Yeah. I'm just I'm going to be. A feral little book munchkin just <laughs> in my book and just yeah wait three days and check on me because I probably haven't slept and I've probably read nonstop and I probably need some food and a bath. The whole it's gonna be like radio and silence from like the entire fandom. Yes, and it comes out for like a week, like, and then we're all just gonna be come on. back. Be posting, <laughs> yeah. We're going to all just be like in a state of shock. Like we're going to need a little bit of therapy. (laughs) Selena thought it was strange to hear Dorian talking about powerful amulets when his father had banished and outlawed all traces of magic. She laughed saying that it must be dust by now. He says that he has seen a few illustrations and her necklace looks just like that. She changes the subject asking when his brother is arriving home for Yulmas. He says, fortunately, a snowstorm has prevented him from traveling, so he won't be able to come home until spring. They continued to talk for over an hour, but all Selena could think about was what Elena's motives actually were. We need to acknowledge Bookworm Dorian for recognizing an ancient necklace. Because he was a history buff who just wanted to read up on his favorite king. It goes back to... A few episodes ago where we were like, mm-hmm. she should have went straight to Dorian. Her straight and Dorian should have been talking about word marks the whole daggone time. Yeah, because he would have been intrigued enough to be like, okay, well, let me find out. And he knows useful knowledge. They would have been bouncing ideas off of each other. Like, they yeah. would have been book. They would have got to the bottom of this way faster. Considering they were the bottom of this. It's literally there. The the answer, the answer to the question is Dorian and and Aelin. And it's their family. Yeah, it's their bloodline. Literally, their families. Yeah. Later, Selena sat in her rooms reading. She glanced at the tapestry and again wondered what Elena wanted with her. A door shut somewhere in her rooms, causing her to jump. The book flying from her hands. When she heard Philippa's soft hums, she groaned and went to retrieve her book that had fallen under the bed. She grabbed a candlestick and the light caught on a white line on the floor beneath her bed. Everything inside her turned to ice. Dozens of word marks had been drawn onto the floor with chalk. They formed a giant spiral with a large mark in its center. Selena stumbled back. She had seen that mark etched on one side of Varen's body. 
She rushed to throw a pitcher of water atop it, then raced to her bathing chamber for more water and towels. She scrubbed the floor until her back ached. Only then did she throw on a pair of pants and a tunic and head out the door. Honestly, I kind of feel bad for Nehemia, who had to constantly sneak in Selena's room to redraw the road marks to protect her. And at the end of the book, she's like, can you stop <laughs> washing the word marks that I need off? Like, Well, I mean, so what else is Selena going to think? She's seen I mean, these things under, yeah. she, around this weird clock tower that's freaking scary as heck with these gargles. Then she sees them at the scene of the crimes on these dead eaten bodies and now they're under her bed so she just thinks she's the next victim of this crime so it's like she should have just like clued her in because nahemia knows what word marks are so if she could like hey i know what they are these are protection ones of course it would have led to more questions but it's like of course she's gonna wipe them off when she doesn't know what they are (laughs) oh yeah no i definitely agree that like i would have reacted the same way as selena but i think after like i feel a little bad for nehemia having to constantly sneak, sneak in there in and there. she should have after the first time been like okay hey i i know the word marks okay mm-hmm. yeah i know the word mar- these are for protection yeah can you please stop wiping them off <laughs> because a demon's gonna get you if you don't <laughs> giving her I, more work and i'm already at my wits in here <laughs> with the mission i've been sent here to follow Seriously. and you washing off your protection marks Mm -hmm. is not helping messing up the plan yeah thankfully the guards didn't say anything when she asked them to escort her to the library at midnight she headed towards the musty forgotten a clove where she found the majority of the books on word marks she rounded a corner and came to a halt there sat nehemia at a small desk her eyes wide what are you doing here nehemia demanded in ill way slana explained that she couldn't sleep and she looked at the princess's book It was a thick, aging book crammed with dense lines of text. What are you reading? Nehemia said nothing, slamming the book shut and stood. I thought you couldn't read at that level yet, Selena accused. Then you're like every ignorant fool in this castle, Lillian, she said with perfect pronunciation in the common tongue and strode away. Finally, the secret's out. She can read, she can write, and she can speak in the common tongue. Fluently. I don't blame her for pretending not to, though. That's yeah. a genius move. That was a weird time. As to a just... foreign diplomat in a vulnerable mm-hmm. situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. But it was a weird time for her to admit it to Selena. I think she was, at this point, she's, like, so upset about she don't what care. happened mm-hmm. to the rebels that she's, like. And she doesn't really know, yeah. Like, she doesn't know. She hasn't solved it either. Like, she knows way more than Selena does, but she's not exactly sure what. It's going on. It's going on in the castle, so she doesn't know if she can trust Selena either, even though she is her friend. But yeah, she's at her wit's end at this point. She's just, I don't have the energy to keep up this facade. Selena couldn't make sense of it. Nehemia couldn't read books that advanced, and she never spoke with that kind of flawless accent. Her eyes caught on a piece of paper that had fallen. She unfolded it, and her throat constricted. She hurried back towards the main room, the word mark drawn on the paper burning a hole in her pocket. No, she thought. Nehemia couldn't have played her like that. But Nehemia had been the one to tell her about word marks. She knew what they were, warned her to stay away from them again and again. Because she was her friend. Because Nehemia had wept when her people were murdered and she'd come to her for comfort. So I'm still trying to figure out why Nehemia kept warning Selena away from the word marks. Like she literally 
needed the knowledge of word marks. Mm-hmm. Like she needed to know how to use them to fight Erewhon. She needed to know how to use them to put the keys back. Like the word marks are like part of this whole thing. Yeah, they're like the foundation of everything that's going on. So mm-hmm. I just can't figure out like why especially she didn't want her to know. Especially after she's either seen the nameless mark or she's looking for it. Especially mm-hmm. after that whole thing. I think she's starting to figure out, okay, this is who I'm here to see. She knows Selena isn't just Lillian, the lady of the court. Like, she's mm-hmm. suspicious. It's just like all this secrecy is just not putting you closer to figuring this all out and doing all this. Like, if it would have started way sooner than it did, they could have been more prepared I feel like and truly it could just be as a friend she doesn't want her to get involved but that kind of stops her but like she she knew coming in that Selena was who she was looking for Uh, that's a mystery I don't know how long it took her to realize that Selena was who she was looking (laughs) for but she knew going in that Selena was who she was looking for but what did didn't Elena when she appeared to her she said she's supposed to go to the castle she didn't she told there her there could was be two, two people, but one would be more prepared than the other. Yes. So she's kind of starts to figure out who those two could be. I think she's put the pieces together. But yeah. 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 Okay. Almost done with this chapter. But Nahenia came from a conquered kingdom, and the kingdom of Otterland had ripped the crown off her father's head and stripped his title from him. And the people of Ilway were being kidnapped in the night and sold into slavery right along with the rebels that rumored claimed Nehemia supported so fiercely, and 500 Ilway citizens had just been butchered. Nehemia had every reason to deceive them, to plot against them, to tear apart this stupid competition and send everyone into a tizzy. Who better to target than the criminals living here? No one would miss them, but the fear would seep into the castle. But why would Nehemia plot against her? There's a little bit of flaws in there because i get it she says you know who better to target than criminals but no one else in the castle besides the sponsors and some of the nobility Mm -hmm. know that this is even going on so it ain't going to cause that much of a tizzy and an uproar when people don't even know this is happening even the queen doesn't even know that these criminals are under her roof so it's the wrong people to target yeah, like if anything, the only people who really know this is going on are the people involved in the competition and the staff who stumble upon the bodies. Yeah. So then you're putting fear in the wrong group. Wrong you're people. Not scaring yeah. the people in power. You're scaring the people who are trapped in the right. situation. Right. But I guess it does. Well, it doesn't really. I was about to say it looks bad for the king that these people are dying, but no one else knows that they're dying. No yeah. one knows but the people involved, which isn't a ton of people. But yeah, yeah. I guess that could have gave her away right there. I mean, it's it is still still scary, but it's like if Nahimi was going there to do some shady stuff, she would have been the wrong stuff. Her. She would have yeah, been she... hitting the nobility, Dorian, mm-hmm. the queen, the people of people court. that mattered. Yeah, yeah. To recap this episode, Selena walks the courtyard with Dorian and he questions her necklace and we learn it is called the Eye of Elena. Selena gets her period back and Kale reacts exactly how we would thought he would and runs away. 
We do start to see that he is greatly affected by the killing of the rebels, and he is starting to come around that maybe his king isn't so great. And Dorian thinks Kel's reaction is absolutely hilarious and comes to keep Selena company. And we also see he was too affected by the news and how he hates how his father runs the kingdom and all the awful things he has done, and he doesn't want to rule like that. Later, Selena finds word marks drawn under her bed, and after scrubbing them away, she heads to the library. She finds Nehemia reading from a book that she shouldn't be able to read, given her knowledge, and then she speaks with a perfect accent in the common tongue. As she leaves, a piece of paper fell, and Selena is shocked to see a word mark, and she questions Nehemia's motives. Please don't forget to like and subscribe to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Throne of Chaos Pods, so come say hi. And you can find us on YouTube, so you can check us out over there and subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. Mm-hmm.